Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Ruffman back in the chair. And as Manchester City move five points clear at the top of the Premier League with a game in hand, I've got three guests to discuss a stunning victory at Anfield and a midweek win at Turf Moor. But there is concerning news about all three of my guests. Unfortunately, one guest is a bit tired because he's not had much of a break since the start of the podcast season. One's got very cold feet, I understand, and the other falls over dramatically at the slightest touch. But they are, first of all, welcome to the show, Sarah Messenger. Hello, Nigel. Are you the feet? Are you the slightly tired one, or do you fall over very dramatically at the slightest touch? Which one do you want to take of those three? I'm going to go for cold feet. Can't kick a yeah. ball when, I'm, when my feet are cold. Fair enough, good. And secondly, welcome a view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Which Nigel. one are you going for? <laughs> well, I've got two pairs of socks on at the minute, so definitely no cold feet here. Okay, and finally, welcome to Spencer Debson. Do you fall over quite easily? I seem to remember Spencer. I know, so, yeah, I'll definitely go for the fellow one, definitely. Fantastic. Listen, let's start at Anfield. After an 18-year wait, 4-1, and we missed a penalty. Sarah, how would you sum up a performance like that? Well, I think it's the, I think I put it in a tweet yesterday, which is definitely the second half was the performance of champions. I thought we were absolutely fantastic in the second half. Um, You know, you can spin the narrative that we were gifted two goals, but those goals came because of the phenomenal pressing and the panic we were inducing in Liverpool. Um, And I, I, I I was just really proud and happy and I loved every second of it. And it was one of those victories that, you know, we've been spoiled, haven't we, for the last few years but there are certain wins that just really stand out and make you feel on cloud nine you know the 6-1 at Old Trafford uh, the 1-0 against Leicester and, and there's a few others we could pick out and it was definitely one of those games it felt like we'd you know we put something to bed that needed put into bed um, and I loved every minute of it. And Stephen what was good that the first half was a bit of a cagey affair I suppose you could describe it as but Pep changed it at half-time, and that, and that did do the trick, and we, we stepped up, and it was such a commanding performance. We did, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I'd get amazingly carried away and say it was up there with 
um, some of our best performances because first half was was cagey as it was against United at Old Trafford where Pep seemed to abandon our attacking threat and just worry about their counter-attack. Um, the first half was, you know, it wasn't the, the free-flowing football that both us and Liverpool are capable of. But then in the second half, as soon as we got that sniff of an advantage, no one was going to stop us. You know, they, they got their goal thanks to a mistake our side. But then we just... In previous years at Anfield, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with the crowd, we just collapse and we have five minutes, ten minutes of madness where we'll ship a couple of goals and we'll lose our head. There was just never any sense that that was going to happen. It was as if that second half, we just wanted to show Liverpool how much better we are than them at this moment in time. Second half, great. Um, And hopefully that's the performance that kills any of those out that we can handle you know, the pressure or, or that the, the title may not be ours this season. And what pleased you most, Spencer, about that performance? Well, I, I think it was the way that we handled the key moments. I mean, I, I must say at half-time, it was 0-0, it was tight, but I felt that we were um, going to do well in the game and definitely not lose the game. Uh, and I think that as the, as the game went on, uh, you know, we had these, I had sort of like flashbacks as Alison made these mistakes and we, the way we capitalised on those uh, mistakes was absolutely fantastic and the work that, uh, we'll come on to the goals probably, but the way that, uh, you know, Foden and Bernardo assisted and the, and the Foden wonder goal at the end. I think it was the, 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 the ruthlessness that's come back. We struggled to score goals early on in the season and here we were presented with opportunities, but it's one thing to be presented, another thing to convert and we converted absolutely magnificently. And I do think this is a, a marquee half for us, but I think this will define the rest of the season. And I do think this game will go down as one that we will be remembering in, in, in years to come. Can I just stick with you, Spencer, and you talk about us taking our chances. We were given one from 12 yards again against Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I think, I think we, were, we got the, the TV sides wrong and we, we got a bit of rugby there going, didn't we? Um, and I must say, uh, Gundo's um, uh, record is excellent. So uh, we were assuming that was going to go in, of course, um, and, uh, and it didn't. So I think we've, we've got um, quite a... Uh, an unwanted record on penalties, haven't we? We've missed, I think, four out of seven this season. Uh, and I really, it's uh, unfathomable to me why we should be so poor with penalties. But uh, I, I suppose that's one to come. And I'm told that now um, that there was a joke afterwards, wasn't there, that Edison was being put forward for penalties uh, as a sort of semi-joke earlier on in the season. But that now there might be, in the absence of Sergio coming back, uh, there might be a real possibility. What is this penalty problem then, Stephen? Uh, have, you, have you got a view? I, mean, I think we've, we've, we've lost, sorry, we've missed three against Liverpool under Pep. That's Mares, KDB, and now, and now Gundogan. A uh, bit, bit of an issue? Is it, is it something that worries you, or is it just one of those things? Well, it, it worries you in the sense that as soon as we're awarded a penalty, you've got no <laughs> expectation we're going to score it, which is, is slightly disconcerting given the amount that we get and the amount of different players that have tried. And conversely, as soon as Salah stepped up, you knew he was going to score it. Um, but I don't know what you do, because Aguero had a great record for a long time and now has missed a few. Gundogan looks good and then misses a couple. Sterling, Jesus, Mares, KDB, they've all missed and they're all brilliant, natural ball strikers. Um, you've just got to trust them, haven't you? Maybe you go to someone like Foden if he's full of confidence, but as much as 
all fans would love to see Edison take one. Unless we're in a shootout, there is zero chance that he is stepping up. Sarah, you're a coach. You coach your team on penalties, I'm sure. We're good at penalty shootouts, aren't we? We won a few of those in the last couple of years. But but this does seem to be a problem. What would your solution be with your coach's hat on? Well, uh, you're right. It's perverse, isn't it, that we win penalty shootouts when the pressure is really high, but but seem to have struggle converting a penalty in a game. I mean, you know, I'm afraid there's no no magic beyond the usual mantras of practice, practice, practice. But the problem is you can never replicate the psychological thing. And I think the fact that we missed three in a row against Liverpool in particular is is indicative of a sense that these games are very tight and it's so important that we score this penalty and then we miss it. And and I'm sorry, but you're not a City fan of long-standing. If when Gundo missed that penalty, you didn't think, please, no, not again, this is unbearable and we've blown our chance we could have scored that Diaz and Stones aren't letting a goal in we'd have been 1-0 up we could have won the game 1-0 so you know but I I, I, how can we explain it they're all brilliant footballers who are perfectly capable of putting a ball in the net but for some reason I I think the just one of the quick point which is the thing with penalty takers Salah and probably um, matey boy who plays for the, the team in Stratford um is that they, they create a sort of aura around them, don't they, when they come to penalties. So you just don't think Fernandes is going to miss. And I do think that might play a little bit into the psychology with the goalkeepers as well. And we've not created that aura with any of our penalty takers. Yeah, bring, bring back Fanny Lee, I say, to take the penalties. I think he never, he never missed. Uh, let, listen, let's, let's talk about something really positive. Let's start... Let us start with the amazing lad who used to be a ball boy. Um, and I loved his tweet as well, sort of where it started, where it is now sort of thing. A little fantastic picture of him sitting there on the sidelines, uh, being a ball boy as an 11-year-old. Phil Foden, I mean, what a performance. Spencer, just you try and sum up Foden for us, will you, in, in the current form? Well, I, I, I made the comment, and I think I really do think, again, this is a, a, a coming-of-age moment. I mean, we, we like to call Phil Foden, Stockport, and Iesta, and I really do think that due respect is, uh, is to come. And it's, it, it, he is Phil Foden. He's an individual on his own. He, he glides over the, um, you know, over the pitch like uh, Muhammad Ali or whatever the reference is, and stings like a bee, doesn't he? Uh, he he has got such a natural talent, and I was reading that he's sort of first on the uh, pitch and, and and last off on training. He's clearly much loved by uh, the team, uh, and as well as well as the fans, which is uh, an unusual mix, I think. Uh, and the way that he played second half, especially when he was on the wing, it was less, sort of less effective as a false nine, I think, in the first half. But the way that he contributed the, uh, the choice of uh, shot selection pass selection and to finish off with a goal like that I think we'll be playing videos of that in in 10 and 15 years time uh, when we're reflecting on what a magnificent career this young lad's got ahead of him uh, floats like a butterfly stings like a That's bee I think is the expression you're thinking of That's the one. Um, it, yeah uh, Stephen, it uh, reminded me of Peter Barnes coming in from, from that wing and, and shooting with his left foot. I saw Peter Barnes score a few like that as well. Could he be the next Peter Barnes is my question. Well, I think of, of all the, the guests on the show, you're asking the one who, who definitely didn't see <laughs> Peter Barnes play. Um, no, no opinion on that. It was just 
He is so good. And it sounds so simplistic to say, but he is just so, so brilliant. And it's, it's mad how young he is and how quickly he has become established as one of the first names on our team sheet. And, you know, all the talk of, now we've all had this debate on the podcast six months ago, 12 months, 18 months ago, what's Pep doing for his development? Should he go on loan? Should he do this? Should he do that? And Pep has always been patient and said, no, he's staying with us. He's training. He's learning our way. And he's given him the chance this year when we all thought he would have to step up a bit more. And he is just electric. You give him the ball and he changes the game because he injects that pace and the energy and he's got the dribbling skills. And forget Peter Barnes. He he looked like Messi for that last goal when he came in from the left, from the right, sorry, on his left foot close control, no backswing and it's just unbelievable to watch and what a future he's got ahead of him Sarah, you did watch Peter Barnes I I know that Um, I know how old you are Uh, but but, but, but seriously for a moment it was just, it was an outstanding performance wasn't it? It it was and I I did see Peter Barnes I I actually was very fond of Peter Barnes in my sort of in the late 70s as part of the City team that was half decent Um, Hmm. it's too long ago for me to make direct comparisons but I suspect Foden's going to prove to be a better player than Peter Barnes Um, I mean you know the guys have said uh, probably everything that needs to be said about Foden I'd just say one other thing Um, what was amazing about his the final goal was Yes, the way he cut in, but it was the fact that he didn't take the extra touch that almost every player would have taken. As soon as he cut in, he hit it. And that that is Messi-like, um, and I think a sign of somebody who's got a particularly special talent. Um, and yeah, the pace on the ball beat Alisson, but I think the, the speed at which he hit it was, was what caused that, ball, that caused that goal to go in. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting is that I saw earlier that Matt Law, who's a pretty respected journalist, tweeted that he was wrong that he had criticised City and Pep six, 12 months ago for not giving Foden enough game time. And actually what we're seeing now is the result of City being patient with him and allowing him to develop and learn. And remembering as well that he's not, he's not a good player at Sheffield United. He's a good player at Manchester City with a lot of good players ahead of him. And they knew that he was going to be good enough, but they also knew that he had to bide his time and had to manage his integration into the team. And I think what you're seeing now is a player who is not seen as a youngster by his teammates. He's seen as an integral part of that team. And, you know, the respect and the love they were showing him when, when he celebrated his goal was, was just lovely. Hey, somebody else. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Spencer. Yeah? I was only going to say, I mean, can we even say... You know, that goal that he scored there, you wouldn't have seen David Silva score a goal like that. He was brought in, you know, as a, a sort of, you know, in place of David Silva, or this was the role that he was supposed to be taking on this year. But I think he's showing a range of skills now that really uh, develops him as his own person in this team and his, his own role. Uh, and it's fantastic to see. We've watched City for over the last, certainly in the last 12 months, and the number of times I've screamed at the telly, hit it, hit it, and they don't, and they do the extra pass, or they try and dribble around another man, and he did exactly what we've screamed at City players to do the last 12 months, he hit it and scored. Um, Brilliant. Listen, can we move on to another player who we have talked about over the last few weeks, because he has come of age as a City player, uh, scoring goals, influencing matches, I mean, Ilkay Gundogan, 
Um, it's just playing at a different level. And there are so many players we can add into this bracket. We've already talked about Foden. I'm just putting Gundogan in the mix. Um, we'll come on to the Burnley game. I think he won man of the match at the Burnley game as well. So I mean, just, just what a fantastic, fantastic performance, albeit he missed the penalty. Spencer, what have you seen in this year that we've just not seen in previous seasons? I think I think it's possibly a couple of things. Firstly, I think that his uh, prominence has come to the fore. You know, KDB is out of the team. He always had this skill set. I think it's not accidental that he was uh, the first um, uh, signing under Guardiola. He's always been a really good, reliable squad player. Uh, but he's never had, and I do remember in the second time uh, when we had that incredibly tense uh, title run in two years ago, he was absolutely instrumental in the last 10 games when the games are very tight. He's an, he's an utterly uh, a quality professional. But I think what we've seen this season, especially in the last sort of 10 to 12 games, is he's upped his game. And I, perhaps it's confidence, perhaps it's flair, perhaps it's the knowledge that he knows that uh, people are looking to him in a more advanced role uh, to to do things. Perhaps it's the fact that uh, we don't have, seem to have strikers on the pitch these days. But he has, I think, um, you know, shown his true talent. And what an absolute star, star player he is becoming for the team. And I must say, in um, the news uh, reports afterwards and in um, press interviews, what an absolute gent he is and what a fantastic ambassador for Manchester City, Ilkay Gundogan is. And I, I really am celebrating his success this season. I think it's fantastic. Stephen, anything to add on to Gundogan? Well, in a really basic way, I think he's getting more credit and praise now than ever before because he's scoring. And people look at, at that and that's the key moments that define a game. I think he's always had the ability, as Spencer rightly said, he's always had that in his game. I've always thought he's, he's quite similar to Frank Lampard in many ways. He just arrives in the box at the right moment, at the right time. And there's been occasions when he hasn't been needed because Aguero's there and, and puts the ball in the net. But every time a cross comes in from one of our typical City moves, he is always in the box, whether he, he's on the end of it or he's not. He just gets there. And in the last Month, last two months, he, he's been so influential in scoring, but also the way that we play and giving us that sort of control in possession. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to move on to another player who I don't think enough people have talked about the last... Is it the one I've target. got written down here, is the question, Stephen. Is it the one I've got written down here? This is the, the big question. The that, Nigel, is that this is obviously virtual and we can't see each other at the minute. And I don't know who mm. you've got written down, but I'm going to give you two words. One of them is Bernardo, the other is Silva. Mm. He has been back to his best this season, especially the last couple of months. He's, the way that he finds the energy, to he's everywhere. You watch him... One minute he'll pick up the ball from the centre-backs in this deeper role and take a couple of men on and keep the ball nicely. And then you'll blink and he's suddenly in the opposition penalty area laying it on a plate for someone else. He, the close control, the passing, the he, he just, I think he's a brilliant player who dipped last year for, for all the off-field issues that I think we've touched on before and know about. This year, especially without KDB in the team, I think he is absolutely brilliant. And is it because he's not scoring? That's why he's not getting the plaudits that Gundogan's getting. Is it, is it as simple as that? Because so we can talk about Cancelo. You know, we talk about you know Sterling uh, with no crowd at Anfield. Clearly did a you know did a great job as well. So is it the goals? That's what the difference is, I guess. 
Yeah, partly. It goes in cycles. Cancelo had probably two weeks of, of every story being about him and the new new role that he's playing this season. Gundogan had it for a couple of weeks. Foden's probably in the midst of it now. Um, but that, in, and at the same time, that shows the, the quality of our squad. We don't have De Bruyne at the minute. We don't have Aguero, two of the Premier League's best players. We've lost David Silva, and yet everybody else is stepping up to the mark and chipping in. And, and that's why, as a team, I think we've gone on this run um, with win after win after win. Can, can we talk about the defence as well? Again, we seem to be talking about the same issues each week just because they, it is so consistent. Yeah, we we lost um, a goal this week just because of the penalty and uh, clearly it was a horrendous challenge from Diaz. Um, I mean, nearly chopped him in half. I mean, I'm surprised he's, he's not been on the treatment table uh, today and having stitches and, and all sorts. It was, it was almost an assault, I think you could call it, uh, in my view. Would you agree, Spencer? It was a dreadful challenge that, that oh, surprised, it absolutely- it, surprised it was only a yellow card, to be fair. It was shocking, to be honest. I was surprised that we didn't have the law on the pitch, to be honest with you. That was absolutely terrible, terrible thing. No, it was, um, you know, a bit of opera there, wasn't it? It was total Swan Lake. I mean, the problem is, of course, is that in, in, the, in, the, in the, the world of easy penalties that we seem to live in these days, uh, you only have to touch the oppo, and especially if you touch Salah, uh, you know he's going to collapse in a heap, uh, and he doesn't, wasn't very subtle, really. But the, the problem was, of course, DS just touched him. Uh, you know, there was the slightest of pulls on his shirt. Down he goes, and I think under the law, um, the, the referees are on this call will tell us it has to be a penalty, but it's, uh, it's super soft uh, and quite frustrating. Um, I mean, uh, one of the very, very rare mistakes that uh, Diaz has made this season, we'll definitely forgive him for it, even though we felt sort of uh, the frustration of the moment. But there you go. We knew he was going to score the pen, and there it was, uh, the equaliser. And your view, Sarah, on on this pairing, this new pairing, who would have thought eh, that back four that we started the game with, who would have thought that that would have been City's sort of first choice back four pretty much for for a trip to Anfield? Uh, You wouldn't have believed it, but uh, it's working, isn't it? They're, They're looking great together. They they look fantastic, um, and actually I'm going to segue I think back in back in briefly to Gundogan for a minute. But, but one because I think we should note that he's been voted the PFA Player of the Month for January. Uh, a bit of credit going to a City player, which is nice because we we know we struggle to win those sorts of awards. Um, but I, I I'm going to have a guess at the name on your piece of paper, which makes is a point which links to the defence, Nigel. Mm. I think the reason Gundogan is playing better is because Rodri is playing much better and is a proper midfield generally I thought he was brilliant yesterday and I think he, what he's also doing is making it easier for the defence to play now maybe Rodri's playing better because he's got a better defence behind him or maybe the defence are playing better because Rodri's playing better in front of them I'm not sure I know the answer to that but I think Rodri is definitely going under the radar and and deserves a lot of credit and particularly for how he played yesterday I agree with you Sarah and that's the name I writ down um, because all these other stars, he, you know, he does it in a quiet, unassuming way. He gets on with his business, and I think he's having more influence than people give him credit. Would, Spencer, would you would you agree with that, or am I? Am I got, have no. Sarah and I got that one wrong? No, not at all. I do agree. I do agree, and I think this conversation shows. You know, we're talking about player after player coming into form. And it becomes a bit of a collective, doesn't it? And you do ask yourself the question, you know, what, what has been different about the last 14 games that, that was not there beforehand? Um, 
And I, I was listening to something on uh, on the on the uh, different um, news channel. I better not mention it on this one because other ones are available. Uh, and they were saying that uh, they were praising Fernandinho, who, although he's hardly been in the team, has shown you know fantastic leadership in the in the dressing room, which we've always known of. But apparently, there was a bit of a sort of summit, uh, you know, 14 and a half games ago. Um, whereby the players were sort of rallied around him and they said, you know, what, why aren't we at, at, at the level that, that we should be at? Um, and it does seem to be a bit of a turning point because, you know, every player we've spoken about today has raised their game in the last, uh, in this amazing run that we're on. Uh, and even players that are not in the team are playing well. You know, I mean, Ake wasn't on, you know, wasn't on yesterday. Walker's not really put too much wrong. We are as a collective um, improving and operating now at the levels that we were operating um, season before last. And absolutely, Rodri has done his part uh, in that collective um, very much so. I think he is the unsung hero. Um, but then, you know, um, as, was the, as, uh, as is that role, you know, Kante for Chelsea, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a critical role and, and absolutely underpins, uh, you know, the success of the team over, over the recent run. No question. Stephen, really keen to get your view on Rodri as well. Yeah, I think he's, I agree with Sarah and Spencer, I think he's improved the last couple of months. I've probably still got question marks in in a few games, whether he's quite mobile enough or, or shifts the ball quickly enough. But he has looked a lot better. He probably reads the game maybe more now than, than a year or so ago. Um, he, he, he gives you that extra physicality maybe in the middle. Um, and look, we've been blessed to watch Fernandinho in that role for so long, who has everything. He's got the energy. He's got the, the quick feet. He's got the vision to play that forward pass. He, he's very good at a tactical foul, as we know. Rodri maybe just you know, isn't quite at that level, but we, we've seen for so long that Pep signings often take at least half a season, even a season, to, to bed in. You look at Cancelo's improvement, Bernardo in his second season, even Mahrez. Um, so it's not surprising that he's kicked on again this year, but you know, it goes back to what we said before. Everyone is now playing their role for this team, and we do look really strong all over. Something that uh, interests me is that I, I, I'm fortunate to be asked on to, uh, Spencer talking about other, other programmes are available, um, a, a national sports radio show from time to time if there's a city story. And I remember at the start of the season, we were talking about, particularly because of City's slow start, we were talking about this being a kind of a, a season of consolidation, of transition. You know, we, we haven't really replaced company, but we've got Diaz will settle in. Hopefully he'll fill that berth. Silva's gone. We haven't really got fullbacks. You know, Aguero's getting a bit older. We dropped off the pace so much behind Liverpool, so we need to consolidate. And here we are. We've just had 14 wins in a row in all competitions. We're not conceding goals. We are... You know, riding high at the top, top of the Premier League. I'm trying to get my head around, genuinely, how have we gone from consolidation transition so far behind Liverpool to being the team that we are? Does that make sense? Is, is that a, a reasonable question? Stephen, give, give us your view on, on that. It's a good question. And I'm, I'm probably caught between, oh, we're back to our best and... I think it's probably just natural, maybe, what happened last season in that we, we just slipped off. We'd, we'd won the league with 100 points, then we'd retained it with 
was it 98, we won the um, domestic treble. We kind of, apart from the Champions League, which we know about, we'd achieved everything with that group of players. And it's probably what Liverpool are finding this season, that just intrinsic motivation to kick on again and to improve and to keep pushing. They're human beings. It's so hard to replicate that year after year after year. And I think our start to the season, we all know COVID and lack of pre-season and injuries. And I think we've probably just got that momentum and confidence now. Um, Pep seems to have settled on a system with um, that just frees our more attacking players to go and do what they're so good at. Diaz, I don't think you can um, overstate his importance as that leader at the back who's brought everybody up to his level. Um, but it, it's a good question because Pep would argue, oh, I've done nothing differently. We, we always play the same way. But you can just see that probably this year we've got that bit between our teeth to, to try to put right what we did wrong last season. Can you put your finger on it, Sarah? I'm not sure I can offer much more than Stephen said there, other than I do, I do wonder how important the Chelsea away result was. Because that was real backs against the wall stuff, wasn't it? We just had the COVID problems. Well, I think we only had 14 fit players. I can't remember whether Chelsea were playing well at the time, but I certainly I, I can't say I was looking forward to that game. And I just wonder whether something clicked in that game and we won it comfortably, played really well, and we've sort of not looked back from there, have we? We've just been fantastic. So... Uh, this so you know football is all about mentality confidence we all know that we've got a bunch of very talented players other teams have got some talented players as well but you've you've got to have a, the right blend and mix and it involves so much psychology that i'd be out of my depth if i tried to analyze it beyond that i think spencer will be able to do it though you watch this now sarah you, you know you think you're out your depth you just listen to what spencer I've got, I've has got to say i've got ready yeah, go on, 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 I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. What can I say? When I did this a month ago, it was on the podcast, and I think City were, they were improving, weren't they? Uh, and they were, you know, I can't remember where we were then, about the 12th or 11th or something. And you could see that improvement and a little bit of momentum was gathering. Of course, we didn't see, you know, nine victories in January coming. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't profess to know, have a clue. Uh, and the only thing I, which I did mention before, was I think maybe sometimes that the players themselves are able to. You know, there's, there's enough um, experience and leadership in that squad um, to, um, you know, to help galvanise. I mean, these are all wonderful players. Um, but no, you look at the look at it on paper. You know, no strikers. You, you know, KDB's out. I mean, we should be about. Uh, you know, six now, shouldn't we? You know, we should be hollering and complaining. Uh, but no, that's why we love this wonderful game. We are out ahead, and I, I'm sure none of us would think that uh, we're going to get caught now. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next. Well, it could be champions three times in four years. I mean, just what a team, what a manager. It's, uh, it's exciting stuff, and, and we're going to look back uh, in a moment to Burnley. Uh, if we can remember that far back, uh, and then look forward to the FA Cup this week and then uh, the trip of Spurs to the Etihad on Saturday as well. And we'll do all of that straight after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... 
something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Let's look back to Burnley. Seems a long time ago now. Let's remind ourselves what happened. We took an early lead through Gabriel Jesus, I think, following up uh, with a header and then a sterling tap-in as well. Um, So, yeah, we played Burnley, I think, in the last eight meetings. The aggregate score is 31, Sarah. Uh, so we quite like playing them, but it wasn't a it wasn't a five nil massacre, but it was still a professional performance. I was wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I think professional is a really good word. It certainly wasn't dazzling, but I, at no point in that game did I worry that we were not going to win it, even when it was still one nil. And trust me, I'm I'm like most City fans. I always assume the worst, but it was it was comfortable. It was just professional, comfortable. You know, Burnley are capable, as we know, of causing an upset against anybody, and they've done it quite recently, haven't they, at a certain place in Merseyside. So um, I, I, did, I don't mean that comment to sound complacent, but as, as we would always say, you know, but games like Burnley away are games you definitely have to win if you're going to be champions, and I think that's how City approached it. They did what needed to be done, um, and lovely second goal. It was nice to see us getting round the back. Um, lovely cross from Gundogan. We, we, we better not eulogise about him anymore, but, you know, he played his part. Nice to see Sterling, Sterling get a goal and, um, yeah, a good performance. Did and it job. was, at the time, it was our, we kind of talked about this stuff already based on the Liverpool game, but at the time, that was our sixth consecutive clean sheet. And as we said, Gundogan was man of the match. Uh, anything to add, Spencer, particularly? Not particularly. I mean, it was uh, not our best performance, but it was competent. We were always going to win it. Uh, and um, it was the sort of game that you think, well, actually, when you're on one of these runs, every game's not going to be, you know, wonder, wonder all the time. And it was a good, competent win. All right. Stephen, uh, anything to add on that particular game? If not, you can kick us off on Swansea. Uh, Swansea City, FA Cup fifth round, Wednesday night this week, 5.30 kickoff. Um, do you want to talk about Burnley first, or do you want to take us straight into Swansea? No, let's move on to Swansea. I think um, they're they're not a bad team. Um, I think they're they're riding quite high in the the championship this season, playing a decent sort of brand of football. So that could be a not a tricky one necessarily, but an interesting one because I'm sure we'll make some changes to the team. Um, but it's not one of these lower league ties where you can coast through for an hour, and if you have to turn it on for 10 minutes like we did with it in the last round against um, Cheltenham, then you know, we, we can. I think we're going to have to play quite well against Swansea. But even if he makes changes and, and he brings in the likes of Walker and Laporte and Mendy and probably Garcia to the back four, it, it's hardly a team of, of novices and no-hopers, is it? Uh, could be a banana skin, though, couldn't it, Spencer? On the on the back of such a euphoric victory at Anfield, uh, it's going to be Swansea's cup final, isn't it? They're going to be up for it for sure. 
Um, and, and with the changes that Stephen's suggesting, I'm sure there'll be you know eight or nine changes you would imagine wouldn't you, for a game like this with the with with Spurs at the weekend. It could be a banana skin, couldn't it, or or, or not? Yeah. No, I think it could be. Uh, I think it could be. I mean, the, there will be a lot of rotation. I'm sure the Liverpool game has taken a lot, of, a lot out of the players and out of the club in a way, even though it'll be, you know, fresh legs on the pitch. Um, we remember the last round, uh, there was a bit of a, a bit of a shock and then we got over it. Um, it's not beyond the bounds that there will be uh, some upsets in, in uh, this season. As you say, it will be their cup final. Uh, so I don't think it'll be a straightforward game. Um, and uh, I, I would expect us to win it. Of course, we're expecting to win this game, but I think it might be harder than it looks on paper. Any reflections, Sarah, about Swansea? Yeah, I, I do think it'll be a tough game. I mean, they beat Norwich at the weekend, the second in the championship. Um, so, but hopefully, what they'll do is at least come and attack us, which will make it a, a better game, and b. Uh, You'd hope we've got enough quality in terms of dealing with a team that actually comes out of its defensive shell um, to ultimately win it. But I wouldn't say um, sitting here comfortable will we'll run out 3 0 winners. I suppose the only question for me, you know, I think either Spencer or Stephen went through the changes at the back, which are inevitable. I guess Jesus might start, or even Aguero is back in training. The, the slight concern for me is where the midfield creativity is coming from if we are going to give Gundogan, uh, Bernardo, and Foden a rest. It leaves us a little bit, without Kev, it leaves us a little bit short unless one of those plays or two of them play a half each. All right, let's uh, let's leave that there. I'm, I'm keen to have a bit of time to talk about Spurs, which is probably uh, interesting time for them at the moment. They're on a, on a disappointing run and a bit of pressure for their manager as well. Sarah, how do you, how do you see the Spurs game? The Spurs come to the Etihad, as I said, 5.30 Saturday. Um, they are struggling a little at the moment. Good time to come to the Etihad. Oh. Yes, yeah, they are, although they got Kane back. I mean, I, I very much this season, I think that Spurs are nothing without uh, Kane and Son playing together. One of them on their own is not great, and without either of them, um, there's there's nothing to them, in my opinion, certainly once you get over the halfway line. Uh, and they've not, I don't think, got the best defence in the Premier League either, obviously, besides, uh, behind us. Um, it, it, I mean, I would expect us to beat Spurs, but again, it'll be a, 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 an interesting game. It'll be interesting to see how Mourinho sets it up. I mean, normally we've had some quite good ding-dongs with Spurs where they've come and attacked us and we've we've ultimately won them but you know in a decent game it'd be interesting to see what Mourinho does against us and whether he goes basically to hit us on the counter-attack which is probably what he'll do um but that's all that's all think, he can do isn't it that's all he does yeah. at the moment isn't it after yesterday it'll be disappointing if we don't beat Spurs put it that way Spencer your thoughts ahead of the Spurs game well, yeah, I think we're going into uh, with a men winning mentality in every single game now, really irrespective of who we're playing after after this Liverpool result. Um, of course, our last defeat, we, we lost to Tottenham 2-0. Um, they will be under pressure to put in a performance. Uh, and if Kane and Son are in the team, then there is always, um, there is always danger. Uh, and uh, you would not be surprised if, if Tottenham score one, we've got to score two. We're more than more than capable of that. Um, 
So I, I feel uh, reasonably confident. I must say that because we've got this uh, lead now in the league, I do think that and the general momentum that we've got that somewhat takes the pressure off us. And I do think that we tend to uh, relish that, that when we are out ahead, we don't give up a lead easily. So I think that we'll have positivity and momentum going into the game. And ultimately, I think we'll have, we'll have too much for Spurs, I believe, that Saturday. Too much for Spurs, Stephen? You'd hope so. I think you were right. You alluded to you know, the way that Mourinho will set up the team. And it almost plays into his hands. He'll have a very defensive setup and rely on uh, Son and Kane on the break. And, and we know how good they can be. But you'd think at home with the confidence and momentum we've got at the minute, the amount of the ball that we're going to have against Spurs will create chances. And, and we have been more ruthless the last few weeks than, than sometimes in, in the last year or so. Yeah, I, you'd back us against Spurs on current form. All right, let's uh, just look forward a little bit if I can. I've just got a couple of questions I've picked out from Twitter as well. And uh, while we've been recording this, UEFA have released a statement regarding City and our Champions League last 16 tie against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And so UEFA can confirm that UEFA Champions League round of 16, first leg between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Manchester City will now take place at the Puskas Arena in Budapest. So there's a bit of new news that's just kind of uh, come floating our way actually on, on the City website uh, as we've been on air. Um, so it, actually this question we have to have asked a while ago, but George, John George on Twitter has asked it. Um, and he says, uh, we've just let in, what is it, the fifth goal in our last 14 matches. Is this a sign Pep is focusing more on the Champions League this season and has changed up the formula? Or is it just a byproduct of playing our usual style better? Um, Spencer, what's your, what's your answer to, to John George on well, that? Yes, uh, a good question. I mean, I don't really think it uh, signifies a change of focus, to be honest. I think that the you know, defence has been uh, long profiled as a problem area uh, since Vincent Company left. We've, we've, we've tried and we've failed a number of times. And we've, 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 you know, we've hit gold. You know, I think uh, from the moment Diaz came, he was very transformational in terms of leadership on the pitch. We then had the second uh, sort of bonus of John Stone's uh, hitting form. I mean, he was on the verge of leaving, you know, probably 18 months ago. So we've really um, hit a, a golden seam of defensive capability. Cancelo has come into his own as well. So I, I don't think this is um, tactical or Champions League oriented. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a solidity that the team will benefit in, in all competitions. Um, the big question, of course, is can we progress in the Champions League? We know that that's the uh, you know critical importance, and that you know City have been after this for a long time. We all know what happened against Leon uh, last year, uh, and also we're in a strange times. You know, the team is travelling under somewhat restricted conditions. It's uh, you know elite sport COVID um, rules, and, and you know we've just learned now. Nigel, you're telling us you know it's now in Budapest. Uh, so th there are there are ex uh, external factors at play here, which might uh, inhibit us from, from progressing or, or winning the competition. But um, I think we've got a fantastic chance uh, this season in Champions League. We're in every competition right now. Um, we already have fixture congestion. So it's going to be a, a mammoth task. But uh, I am confident that City will come out with 
you know, at least two bits of silverware this season, possibly three. And could we ever dream more than that? Uh, I better stop the conversation there. But um, I I think we can do well in the Champions League this season, put it that way. All right. Uh, So, Stephen, the the question is, is this a sign of Pep focusing more on the Champions League this season? Or has he he changed up the formula? Or is it just a byproduct of playing our usual style better? Um, yeah, I'd agree with Spencer. I think we're just playing our normal game and we're doing it quite well at the minute. Um, I, I don't think that Pep is planning for the Champions League or, or the knockout rounds when the Premier League is as, as tight as it has been. So um, I, I think it, as long as our game's in order for when the Champions League comes around and we're confident, then I think we'll be fine. Sarah? Well, I think Pep always says that he, he plays to win every game. He doesn't play for draws. He plays to win every game. He plays to win every competition. And I, I do actually believe him. So I, I think, you know, of course the Champions League is important to City. And I, he, I don't doubt for a minute he would love to win it for us or win it with the team. But I don't believe for a minute that he would plan for a season based on winning a knockout competition. All right, last question then. Kim, uh, who's a big fan of the show from Norway and was very generous in in his comments. Thanks, Kim, and thanks for listening. Uh, His question is, and you'll understand why from a Norwegian, are we willing to pay £100 for Haaland? He'd love love it, of course. Um, So so that's the first question. Do you think we're willing to pay £100 for Haaland? Sarah? Yes. You'd break the bank, would you, for Haaland, yeah? Yes, I would. All right. Stephen? Yeah, I think I would as well. A hundred million if, if you get, you know, several years out of him, which you should at his age, is, is you know, not outlandish in today's transfer market. Okay, so do you have a track record of not doing that, of course, Spencer? You know, there's been a, a good, good evidence of them sort of pulling out of deals when they feel it's over the top. But do you think maybe with, with Aguero's injuries sort of mounding up, We've said before that Jesus maybe is a good player, of course, but maybe not up to the standard we need. So you're you're going to say yes as well, are you? 100 million for Haaland, get him in, get well, him secured. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's not City's style to pay Galactico money, but I do think that he fits the profile, doesn't he? He's 23, I think. You know, he's established. Uh, he, I mean, I remember when Sergio came, he cost 38 million, and it was at a sort of similar stage of his career as his established. Uh, but, you know, if we could get six, seven years out of a player like Haaland, uh, that's exactly what we need, and it fits the profile. And there's a very few players in world football that will fit that uh, criteria. So... I think we might just do it, and it will feel very different to when City offered £104 million for Kaka, and he turned us down a few seasons ago. Listen, I say this often, but I mean it this week. It has been genuinely a joy and a pleasure. Thank you very much to my three guests, to Sarah Messenger, to A View From A Blue, Stephen Allwise, and Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.